things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday like I love to do. I am so hyped to be coming at you right now because I got two different subjects that I'm going to attack. I'm going to attack. I'm not going to limit myself to one thing. I'm not going to limit myself to one thing. Not after what I just finished watching. Let me get that straight right right now, okay? Let me get that out the way. Before I do anything, before I say anything, let me remind you where I'm coming from. I'm right here in the studio thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy Podcast. Now, we got a lot of stuff to get into because from a basketball perspective, Kyrie Irving has been traded. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets is no longer a Brooklyn Net. He has been traded to Mark Cuban's Dallas Mavericks. He's being teamed with Luka Doncic. I'll get into that in a second. I'll get into that in a second. But the reason why I seem so hype, because ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting there talking to you on this podcast in the evening, all right? That's when I take this podcast. I just finished watching the Grammys. I just finished watching the Grammys, okay? Let me tell y'all something right now. I ain't never seen no Grammys like this. I, I, I ain't never seen no Grammy like this, all right? The Grammy Awards was off the chain. Props to CBS. Props to all the participants, everybody that showed up. Props to Trevor Noah, who did a good job hosting it. But let me pause for a second and look at y'all right here. We got a problem with me now. Didn't I make news? Didn't I go viral? Didn't y'all attack me out there because I had the temerity, the unmitigated goal, the blasphemy to sit up there and say Beyonce was all that in the bag of chips that she's the one. I'm not knocking anybody else. I don't give a damn who it is. I don't give a damn who it is. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not throwing any shade. I'm not saying an insulting word. I'm not being negative or anything like that. But when I say that for me, Beyonce is the one, not just for Super Bowl halftime entertainment shows, but period. Was I lying? Um, ladies and gentlemen, last night, Beyonce Won four Grammys. And as a result, ladies and gentlemen, she is the all-time Grammy Award winner. Dead or alive. All-time. With 32. Evidently, somebody out there agrees with me. I tried to tell you. But I'm not going to front. As much as I was happy for her and happy for my brother Jay-Z and happy to see her go on stage and shine looking as beautiful as ever. 
giving thanks to God and inhaling it all and thanking our family and loved ones and friends and supporters and everybody in between. That wasn't the shining moment for the Grammys for me. Cardi B came out there with a dress. Go look at it. She did look sensational. I just got to get props what props is due. But I ain't talking about that either. Smokey Robinson showed up and did his thing. I love Smokey Robinson. I'm old school. I ain't talking about him either. I ain't talking about him either. Mary J. Blige performed on stage. Another queen. I ain't talking about her. By the way, I miss her on Power. Could you hurry up back, please? I need y'all back. The You Method Man and the whole crew. I need y'all back on Power on Stars Network. The sooner the better. Please hurry up. I miss y'all. Okay? But I ain't talking about that either. I'm talking about the celebration of hip-hop, first of all. The new award named after Dr. Dre. Based off of global appeal and inspiration. That Dr. Dre having an award named in his honor. Coming up there, giving a speech, being introduced by my man LL Cool J, who's been on this podcast, by the way, my very first guest on the No Mercy podcast back in September. Dr. Dre is something special. But then they came out celebrating hip hop. You talking about Buster Rhymes, Run DMC. I mean, Lord have mercy. I'm just looking at everybody up there. I mean, it was something to behold. Jada Kiss, Too Short. I mean, everybody you turn to. I was like, damn, they turning it out. They turning it out. They turning it out. I, that's how hyped I was. That's how hyped I was. LL did his thing too. We can't forget that, brother. Public enemy with Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav was in the house, y'all. <laughs> Terminator, go off. Oh, my Lord. I loved it. I loved it. So I just wanted to give everybody, because I'm a product of the hip-hop culture. They're so inspirational. They're so motivational. Let's not forget the ladies, Queen Latifah. You and I, T-Y, you got to let them know you and I, T-Y. I mean, come on now. Queen Latifah showed up. Salt and Pepper showed up. I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, they showed up and they showed out. It would have been nice to see Snoop Dogg, Eminem, even MC Light there. It would have been nice. But that's okay. As LL said before he introduced the segment, we got plenty of time to celebrate everybody. Maybe not tonight, but we're going to revisit that because hip-hop, 50 years of hip-hop, it showed up tonight. And I loved it. I loved it. DJ Colin sitting up there, in the, coming standing up from the stands, lighting the fire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's unbelievable. Had a cigarette lighter and lighting it up. Loved it. They turned the house down. They brought the house down. Best Grammys I've ever seen. But once again, it was culminated, not just by the hip-hop celebration, the 50-year anniversary of hip-hop, but it was also culminated by the validation of the greatness of Queen B herself, the one and only Beyonce. 32 Grammys, the most all-time, as Trevor Noah said. Ain't about LeBron or Tom Brady or Michael Jordan. The GOAT is Beyonce. I rest my case. Now let me move on to different news. And that would happen to be a Mr. Kyrie Irving. You see, 
When it was first announced that Kyrie Irving had asked to be traded from the Brooklyn Nets last week, I was on the record. I thought it was absolutely idiotic. All I could think about was that you finally just played ball and made no noise off the court. Before Kevin Durant went down, you had won 18 to 20 games. And even once Kevin Durant went down, in the 10 games you played, y'all were four and six. I actually expected you to be worse, and you weren't. In the midst of all of that, you averaged 30 and seven. You're the leading vote getter amongst all amongst guards for the Eastern Conference All-Stars. And your stock was elevating. And to me, by Kyrie Irving asking for a trade, it simply served to bring attention to all the nonsense that he had put the Brooklyn Nets through and the NBA world through. And it was a reminder to prospective teams out there, we can't trust this dude. We can't trust him at all. He's a pain in the ass and we ain't trying to deal with it. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do that to yourself? But then on Saturday night, a half hour before I did NBA countdown on ABC, I got a call. After ESPN's very own Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news that the Los Angeles Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Phoenix Suns were all vying for Kyrie Irving's, Kyrie Irving's services, I got the call. Stephen A., you got to be fair. You got to make sense of all of this for the public out there because there's a lot more to it than you saying. Kyrie Irving is a superstar. Superstars don't complete the last year, the final year of their contract before they get a new one. They usually have a commitment before that season is up for future years under contract. You can't do that to him, Stephen A. You can't do that. There's no other all-star, Stephen A., that's showing up in Utah in a couple of weeks that don't have more years left on their deal. Only Kyrie Irving. By the way, people want to talk about how Kyrie Irving doesn't play or always has an excuse of getting time off. Well, guess what, Stephen A., over the last 365 days, he's played more games than LeBron James and Kevin Durant. This is what everybody was talking about. And they also said, guess what? Somebody is going to give Kyrie Irving this money. You can book it. You can book it. That's what they said. And so I had to go on the air and said, despite how idiotic I thought it was for him to demand a trade and bring attention to himself. Nevertheless, there's more to this story than meets the eye. And so now that he's a Dallas Maverick, we got a lot of stuff to get into. How did it come to this? Does this move work for the Mavericks? Does it work for the Brooklyn Nets? What damage, if any at all, does it do, does it do to future NBA negotiations with players? All of those things come into play. And it all gets attached to Kyrie Irving. What am I talking about? I'll explain in a minute. Stick around. You're listening to No Mercy with Stephen A. I got a whole bunch of stuff to get into. Don't touch that dial.
This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Let's get this out the way right now. <clears throat> it is obvious that I have been no fan of Kyrie Irving's off-the-court antics. I think as a basketball player, he's nothing short of spectacular. He is box office. And let me tell y'all something right now, just for your own edification. When it comes to me, Stephen A. Smith, right here on No Mercy, ESPN, or anywhere else you want to find me, let me make sure y'all understand one thing perfectly clear about me. There's a distinct difference to me between superstar players and superstars. You see, Tim Duncan was a superstar player. He was a five-time champion. There was nothing box office about Tim Duncan other than the fact that he was Mr. Fundamental and he won. You didn't necessarily walk through the turnstiles to see Tim Duncan. You walked through the turnstiles to see Kyrie Irving. You know why? Because it's a show. When you watched Barry Bonds play baseball, that was a show. When you watch Larry uh, LeBron James or, or, or Steph Curry, that's a show. When you watched Kobe, it was a show. When you watched MJ, it was a show. You went to the arena to see them perform. Like, for example, Tom Brady, for example, the show, because he could throw the football, right? But you want me to tell you something? I'll give you a perfect example. Superstar player, guys. Emmett Smith. Superstar, Barry Sanders. You walk through the turnstiles to see that brother perform. There's a difference. Kyrie Irving pays for himself. As long as he shows up to work. As long as he shows up to work, he pays for himself. Because he's that Spectacular. He's a champion. He's a bona fide superstar. He can average 27 in the sleep. He's all of those things. Here's what he's not. He's not reliable. And on this day, when he has been traded to the Dallas Mavericks and being paired with Luka Doncic, it's going to be real interesting to see. I'm not blaming Dallas for making this deal. Dallas needed to get Luka Doncic some help offensively. They needed to have somebody else they could give the ball to and say, take us there. It can't just be Luka. He's got help offensively now. Now, defensively, they're a liability. I can't see them winning a championship unless they upgrade significantly defensively. But I can tell you offensively, they got the right man. Because Spencer Dinwiddie and, Dor uh, and, and Dorian Finney-Smith ain't Kyrie Irving. Let's get that out the way right now. I can't blame Mark Cuban and Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd and the Dallas Mavericks for making the move that they made at all. That's the owner, the GM, and the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, respectively, for those of you who ain't up on your NBA teams. I can't blame them for making that move. This is an upgrade. It makes Dallas better. There is no question about it. Whether Kyrie wants to be there or not, because he really wanted to be to the Lakers. And the owner for the Brooklyn Nets, Josiah, wasn't having that. He wanted, he's going to move him anywhere but to the Lakers. Because if you put Kyrie in L.A. with LeBron and Anthony Davis, guess what? That's championship. And after the way Kyrie screwed over ownership in Brooklyn over the last three and a half years, why would they do him any favors? See, that's the real story here. That's the real story here. 
Because when you do things the way Kyrie Irving did things, you're going to have some people that see to it that you don't necessarily get what you want. You might get traded. You might get pushed out the door. You might go out the door willingly and your demands were met, but that don't mean you get to go where you want it to go. Kyrie Irving wanted to be in L.A. with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That ain't happened. And if he's going to get there, he's going to have to be a free agent this summer and he's going to have to go there on his own, which means he's going to miss out on a boatload of money he would have gotten if Brooklyn was willing to do a sign and trade, which they're not willing to do. So he's in Dallas. And Dallas is not worse for it. They're not worse for it. (sighs) But Kyrie might be. You see, let's dissect this. In the 2019-2020 season when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant arrived, after Kyrie Irving convinced Kevin Durant to come to the Nets in Brooklyn instead of the Knicks at the Garden in New York City, Kyrie Irving played 20 games. When he played those 20 games, according to numerous reports and numerous sources, Because in case you don't know, I've been covering the NBA for a quarter century. Kyrie Irving said, yo, man, I ain't come here to play without Kevin Durant. And even though he was quote unquote injured, the fact of the matter is, he ain't go there to play without Kevin Durant. So when Kevin Durant was out that first full year in Brooklyn after suffering that Achilles tear while he was a member to go to State Warriors in the NBA Finals, the previous June, Kevin Durant had to sit out that entire season. Kyrie Irving knew that. Kyrie Irving played 20 games. After that, Kyrie Irving wasn't available. He comes back the next year. Remember, that 20-game season, it was a season that was cut short because COVID-19 hit us all. The global pandemic. There was a four-month hiatus. Kyrie gets injured in February. From March to July, games were canceled. When play was to be restored after a collective bargaining negotiation took place between the Players Association and the NBA, it was Kyrie Irving, who was the vice president on the committee, purportedly, reportedly encouraging folks not to play. And why was my disgust? Why was Stephen A. disgusted about that? Because there was a force majeure provision. That's what it's called. It's a force majeure provision in the collective bargaining agreement that stipulated that if you don't play those games, the owners would have then had the right to rip up the collective bargaining agreement, rendering all NBA player contracts null and void. Kyrie Irving knew this and was encouraging players not to play in a bubble anyway. By the way, without communicating to the president of the Players Association at the time, which was CP3, a.k.a. Chris Paul. That's what he tried to do. And luckily the players didn't listen and they ended up going into the bubble, even though various players didn't want to play, including the entire Clippers team, which they showed you because they gave up a 3-1 lead to Dallas and and, and got taken out of there. I think it was Denver, actually. But I digress. The point is the Clippers lost after having a 3-1 lead. And it is what it is. My point to you is that Kyrie was trying to convince people not to play. Now, why is that noticeable? Ladies and gentlemen, Kyrie's about black empowerment. Kyrie's heart's in the right place when it comes to his people. Kyrie wants to uplift our community. Kyrie tries to do things. He's very philanthropic and charitable with his time, with his money. 
Ask the WNBA players. Hell, he tried to get some water in Palestine for crying out loud when they had struggles over there. He's constantly trying to do things for the black community. That No shade is being thrown on him about that. The problem was I asked a simple yet rhetorical question. Can anybody tell me what movement involving black people did not involve economic empowerment? Take your time, I'll wait. Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., hell, Al Sharpton, Reverend Jackson. This goes on and on. Marcus Garvey, Elijah Muhammad, the list goes on and on and on. Everybody's talked about economic empowerment. Kyrie Irving was trying to encourage people not to play, knowing it would cost the players billions. So then we go to the 2021 season. Kyrie's going to play 54 games that year. What happened that year? Ladies and gentlemen, play ended in a bubble. Lakers win the championship in Orlando in October. Play resumes December 22nd. Kyrie Irving hadn't played since February. This is 10 months later. And after two weeks, he needed time off. Y'all remember that? Let me remind y'all why he needed time off. The riots took place at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. He was traumatized and couldn't show up to play basketball in the midst of getting paid $33 million. And then when he was supposed to come back, he was so traumatized, he got busted partying with his family. It was in violation of NBA security protocols because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which means he had to take a couple of additional weeks off just to make sure he was negative and safe to come back and play. Now, he ultimately played the rest of the season, got hurt in the playoffs against Milwaukee because I believe they would have beat Milwaukee, all right, and advanced to the finals. Eventually, I believe that wholeheartedly. I think they would have beat them because I think they would have beat them and they would have beat Atlanta. And they had advanced to the finals. But that wasn't to be. Then we turn around after that. And lo and behold, what do we find? He comes back last year. Now it's the vaccine. He doesn't want the vaccine. To his credit, he stood up tall. He admitted it. He acknowledged it. He wasn't like Aaron Rodgers talking about, I'm immunized. He said, no, I didn't take the vaccine. I'm not taking the vaccine. Stood up and sacrificed $18 million of his own money. Give him credit for that. But he still missed games. He still wasn't there for Kevin Durant and his teammates. And ultimately, the season ended in them getting swept. In the first round by the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry, by the Boston Celtics. Getting swept by the Boston Celtics. That's what happened. Kyrie Irving played 29 games that year. So he missed 51 games in the COVID shortened season. Had 10 months off, came back. Missed 28 games last year. 
He missed 53 games. One of, and still wanted a contract extension this summer. And felt like he should be trusted. Then doesn't get that. Comes back this season. After realizing his trade demands weren't going to get met. Comes there. Plays but gets himself in trouble. With the tweet. The link. The tweeting a link to a movie. That was deemed to be anti-Semitic by the Jewish community. Missed games because of that. Finally starts winning basketball games and balling. But then wants to make trade demands. Because the Brooklyn Nets weren't willing to make a long-term investment in him. Does that make sense to y'all? That's the story. Those are the facts. So be clear. Everything, every single damn thing I said about Kyrie Irving, I meant it. He's a superstar basketball player. He's a sensational talent. He is box office. He is worth $50 million a year. Easy. I would just pay him one year at a time. I ain't giving that brother no long-term deal because I can't trust him. I'm not doing that. And it ain't because he's some bad guy. Kyrie is not a malicious person. He doesn't mean to hurt and to harm people. He just believes he's more knowledgeable than everybody else. I'm telling you what I've experienced dealing with the dude. Directly and personally, he believes people who don't agree with him are peons. And that they're beneath him. And he is one of those individuals who literally believes, ladies and gentlemen, it is a privilege for you to watch him play. Not that it's a privilege for him to put his talents on display for you to watch. See the difference? I'm going to try that again. I'm going to try it again for you. Kyrie Irving is a guy who believes it is a privilege for you to watch him play. Rather than it being a privilege he possesses. To have the skills that he have to put on display for us to watch. Do you see the difference? That's Kyrie Irving. That is what the Brooklyn Nets had. That is what the Boston Celtics had. That is what the Dallas Mavericks now have. It's what Kevin Durant just lost. In case you can't tell, I'm not finished. I still got a lot more to say. A lot more to break down. Don't touch that dial. Stick around. It's Stephen A. No mercy in the house. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Kyrie's making $36.9 million this year. He's looking for a contract in excess of $198 million minimum over the next four years. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have already been on the record saying they've got a wait-and-see approach before they make that kind of commitment to him because they got to see where his head is at. They got to see how committed he is, et cetera, et cetera. This was predictable. These are the kind of things I told y'all about, okay? 
This is the kind of things I told y'all about. You're Kevin Durant. Make no mistake about it. You're blemished in all of this. Kevin Durant is an MVP candidate. Kevin Durant is a superstar. Went healthy. He was in line to be an MVP. They had won 18 of 20 games. They were the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. He was averaging 30 on better than 50% shooting and clearly a preeminent all-star in this game and one of the best players on the planet Earth, if not the best. But Kevin Durant doesn't walk away from all of this unscathed. You know why? Because as I said last year, I'll say it again. Fair or unfair to him, it's not about him leaving Golden State to go to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant is going to be known as the dude who walked away from the champion that is Steph Curry to the champion that is Kyrie Irving. He chose Kyrie Irving over Steph Curry. That is how Kevin Durant is going to be viewed. And whatever Kyrie did, clearly he didn't have Kevin Durant in mind. Kyrie did what was best for Kyrie. Kevin Durant bet his future on Kyrie. And now that Kyrie is gone, now the next shooter drop, presumably, is Kevin Durant's going to ask out of a trade. Now, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I ain't moving him. The brother's got three years guaranteed on this deal. I'm not moving Kevin Durant until this season is over. I'm not doing it. That's me. I don't know what Josiah and Sean Marks are going to do. If you're Kyrie Irving, you're in Dallas with Luka Doncic, who is a superstar. Now, Luka needs the ball. He needs the ball to be effective. You, get, you don't get to hold on to the ball as much as you customarily do with Kyrie as your teammate. That ain't going to work. So that might be problematic for, Ky, for, for, for Luka Doncic. We'll see what Jason Kidd does with it. If anybody can handle it, it's, it's Jason Kidd, who is an exceptional coach. Make no mistake about it. He's special. But Kyrie's a special animal. They talked about the L.A. Clippers. All L.A. was offering was Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann and, a few, and about three picks. That ain't going to cut it. They talked about the Phoenix Suns wanting them. They were offering Chris Paul and who knows what the hell else along with picks. That wasn't going to cut it. And the Los Angeles Lakers actually, according to reports, offered both their first round picks in 27 and 29 along with Russell Westbrook's expiring $47 million contract. But if you Brooklyn, you couldn't take that because why would Kevin Durant want to reunite with Russell Westbrook? And Joe Sy didn't want Kyrie Irving in L.A. because he knew that's where Kyrie Irving wanted to be, which brings me to the bigger subject. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the reasons I've been going off about this for so long in terms of the behavior of Kyrie Irving, who again is not a bad guy, he's just snobbish. He's not evil. He doesn't wish harm about anybody. He just thinks his intellectual capacity far exceeds most of us. That's all. And because he thinks like that, you can't tell him anything. Most times. And so for me, what I've been going off about so long is the damage that was done. Ladies and gentlemen, step back. Close your eyes for a second and listen to what the hell I'm saying. Kevin Durant departs Golden State. He wants to come to Brooklyn. Brooklyn never wanted Kyrie. I'm telling you what I know. They did not want him. They wanted Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant said, we're a package deal. I come with Kyrie. 
So Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets had to take Kyrie. They didn't want Kyrie because they questioned whether or not he was going to be dedicated. Remember, he had issues in Boston. After looking the Boston fans in the face saying, I'm staying here. I ain't going nowhere if you'll have me. He left like a thief in the night. Actually, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals without him and got bounced out in the second round with him. My producer Greg knows I'm telling the truth. So do the rest of y'all. So what happens is, is that what I've been trying to explain to everybody, I think big picture. I think marathon. I think culture. If you are an NBA owner and you hand the power to players, you have to value that power. If you take advantage of it, it throws a monkey wrench in the every player empowerment movement you can think of coming down the line. Owners now have Kyrie Irving as the poster child for why not to relinquish control to players. No one sees this. You didn't get this. This is what I've been saying. That's the problem. Kyrie played when he wanted. He took off when he wanted. He came up with reasons and rationales when he wanted. He even took players after practice when Steve Nash was coaching the team and brought them on the basketball court to show them what plays he wanted them running. This has all been reported. I'm telling you what I know. These are the things that have come along with Kyrie Irving. And my problem with it is that, damn it, you're a superstar. All you got to do is conduct yourself with decorum, respect, not just for yourself and others as a human being, but also a respect for the balance of power. You're a lot of things. You ain't an owner of a team. You're cashing checks. You ain't cutting them. And all of y'all folks out there who want to side with him and try to turn him into some kind of heroine or whatever, the fact of the matter is he's messed it up for a lot of people. Because when you talk about collective bargaining negotiations and you talk about what owners are going to want to do and what kind of attitude that they're going to have or whatever, they're going to do everything in their power to compromise the length on guaranteed contracts, clauses within the contracts that are performance-based, and not only those two things, but overall player empowerment. You cannot do what he's done. You can talk about LeBron all you want to. LeBron showed up to work and answered the call 95% of the time as the marquee. Kevin Durant, only injuries took him down. No, nothing attitude. Nothing attitude-wise. Nothing. Say what you want about Russell Westbrook. Tell me when he hasn't shown up for work. Take your time, I'll wait. This brother is known for showing up to work. Steph Curry, I've never seen owners give away 200 million with more with a bigger smile on their faces when it comes than when it comes to Steph Curry. They think he is a godsend. He is a superstar player who's a superstar human being. He knows what his responsibilities are. He handles them. 
He doesn't blur lines. He doesn't walk into a negotiating room after missing 53 games and 28 the year before that and 51 the year before that. Talking about, I'm not worried about my contract. I know uh, we don't have to talk about me. I know I'm going to get the max. What we need to talk about is what we're going to do with the rest of this team as a team, as management. We need to talk about it like he's, like he's management. That's what Kyrie Irving did. According to the Brooklyn Nets, this is what has happened. The selfishness in thinking about yourself and not recognizing the collateral damage that you would do to the issues involving player empowerment are beyond what y'all can imagine. It wouldn't surprise me at all if there's an NBA lockout down the line. I don't think it'll happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Because the owner's going to play hardball. And if the players try to play hardball, the owner's going to say, bump this. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, when COVID-19 arrived, no players missed their checks. The checks kept coming. Owners were losing 50, 75, 100, 200 million dollars. And still paid the players. And you see this load management, you see people taking time off for cracking a fingernail for crying out loud. Getting 200, 250 million dollar deals and all of this other stuff and don't want to show up to work when they don't want to. Now, it's not just them. It is owners. Bringing the heavy hammer down on their medical staff. Forcing players to sit down. Sometimes that is true. And the owners are going to have to play hardball with themselves because they ain't innocent in all of this. But it's inescapable. That you have players that get paid and they're the marquee and then they don't prioritize fulfilling that obligation. Kyrie at the very least is one of the poster childs for that. Let's see how that flies in Texas. Dallas Mavericks, as far as I'm concerned, are a lethal team offensively. No doubt. Defensively, that remains to be seen. Brooklyn with Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. You got guys that can score, that can make contributions. Certainly your defense gets elevated. You've got more personnel, more athletes. You'll get to the playoffs. Who knows what kind of noise you'll be able to make. I don't know. I see a semifinals berth, not an Eastern Conference finals berth, but I could be wrong. Because Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston still look strong to me. But the reality of the situation is, is that there's no getting around the fact that fair enough to Kyrie Irving, he had to do what he had to do. Because when you're a star caliber player, you deserve to be in a situation where you're going to get your money. But Dallas is not guaranteeing him his money. He wanted out, they got him out. He wanted to be in L.A. Joe Sy said, hell no, you ain't going to L.A. You want to go to LeBron and AD, we're going to make sure you ain't getting no money through us. So now he's going to have to go there as a free agent. And who knows how much money the Lakers are going to have available. We shall see. Either way you slice it, thank God this saga in Brooklyn is over. <laughs> Kyrie did not do right 
by the borough of Brooklyn, New York. As spectacular as he is, they didn't get to see him nearly as much as they should have. Him and Kevin Durant were together for three and a half years, and all they have is one playoff series victory to show for it. It's an indictment against both of them. Kyrie for all of his shenanigans and Kevin Durant for trusting him. And I feel bad to say that about KD because I'm, you know, that's his man. And of course you're going to trust your boy. And I don't enjoy saying it about Kyrie because I want to see Kyrie play as often as I possibly can because it is a privilege to watch him play. He is spectacular. But there's a reason why Bradley Beal, with his injured self, still gets a $200 plus million contract. Zach Levine gets a $200 plus million contract. Damian Lillard is a godsend in the city of Portland. And as spectacular as he is, still, people can't seem to get rid of Kyrie Irving enough. I hope things change for him in Dallas. I really do. For his sake and for basketball lovers everywhere. But we got to call it like we see it. It is what it is. We don't know whether or not Kyrie got what he wanted or not because we don't know whether his money's guaranteed. We know Brooklyn got what they needed. They got rid of him. Because he didn't want to be there and he wasn't going to play. Simple and plain. We'll see where the chips fall. That's it for this edition of No Mercy with yours truly. Remember, you don't have to know sports to know mercy, but on this particular subject, it does help that I know quite, I know sports quite well. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcast.